Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's not easy. I mean, I love what I do and I, I love being with that team, that group of guys. Uh, we are same thing with the staff. I think we're uh, working well together, and to uh, to have that taken away from uh, from from me was difficult. And but at the same time, you know there uh, there are things that you control and others that you don't. And we try just to make uh, the most out of it. There you go. That's Dominic Ducharme, who went into COVID protocol and is back as the head coach for the Montreal Canadiens. They're taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Quick spoilers alert for you. At the Euro, Italy up by a score of one nothing over Belgium. Belgium currently the number one ranked team in the world. Italy, of course, a perennial power. So one nothing, roughly 33 minutes into the uh, opening half. Is, uh, and I'm going to tell you a little story here. I booked our next guest from Puckpedia, Hart Levine, Monday night. And then the Edmonton Oilers signed Ryan Nugent Hopkins Tuesday. So we moved Hart to uh, today's show. And lo and behold, uh, a lot of the discussion today has to do with a tweet that Elliot Friedman put out on Wednesday night involving Duncan Keith. So we're going to get to Montreal and Tampa in a second and some of the unique challenges that uh, the Canadians face financially and the benefits Tampa Bay has as we welcome back to the show a guy who really knows the numbers and can help us sort of understand things from Puckpedia, Hart Levine. Hart, how you doing? I'm doing great. I still can't believe you bumped me for Nugent Hopkins. You know, all he did was well, a $41 million deal, but okay, that's fine. I'll remember yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, we almost didn't get him on the air. But uh, we were, fortunately, he was kind enough to tell us, hey, I, uh, anyways, uh, I couldn't get through to the number that was provided. So that was awesome that he, we were able to get him on the show. All right, Hart, that's, uh, I just saw something. Uh, so there's been a lot of discussion on today's show involving Duncan Keith. Uh, I won't get into the semantics of why a team should do it or not do it. Uh, we, we've got a bit of a chasm here existing with our fans, uh, a lot of the analytics-driven fan base, uh, and maybe guys that don't like older players don't want the Oilers to bring uh, Keith in. 
and a lot of the people out there that maybe uh, base things on, on watching players and think that sometimes experience can help you out kind of wanted to bring Duncan Keith in. It's about a $5.5 million cap hit. He does have a full no-movement clause, which basically gives him his ability to choose. It is my belief, again, just if anybody missed uh, 12-15 today, uh, it is my belief that Edmonton is definitely on the radar screen for Duncan Keith, who's now represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson. That should not be lost on anybody. Jerry's never hesitated in having guys come into Edmonton, including Dominic Cahoon. He helped salvage that uh, in the fall this year, though it didn't necessarily work out. But what did you, you tweeted something out about his contract that was kind of unique? Oh, yeah. So there's a couple interesting things. I, I guess, first, of all, I just wanted to pick up. You mentioned that he's now represented by Jerry Johansson. I find that really interesting because, you know, he still has the contract with two years left um, that his previous agent signed. So his previous agent's still getting paid the commission for the next two years. So for Jerry Johansson to represent him, I mean, he's real, unless he does some endorsement deals with him for the next two years, he's only going to get paid if Duncan Keith plays um, after and signs a new contract in two years. So that, that part's interesting, I think. Um, in terms of his contract, yeah, so this is one of those contract signed prior to the 2013 CBA, where then in that CBA they decided to punish teams that signed these long-term uh, backdiving contracts, which were legal at the time, um, and you know Luongo is, uh, fell into that, and, and so there's what's called a recapture penalty if a player retires prior to the end of it. Now, I'll start by saying I don't think there's any way Duncan Keith would retire a year early because it would be very punitive to Chicago, and he probably doesn't want to do that, and also you, we've seen players can you know have a rap or a sore back and just be hurt for the last year and he would still get his remaining one and a half million dollars so I don't think he would actually retire but if he were what's really fascinating is Chicago would have a cap recapture charge of seven and a half million um, they would have that split uh, by his uh, cap hit for next year of 5.5 million and then 2 million for the year after but 7.5 million of cap charges for the next two years if he retires early and the really interesting part though is the way that the whole formula works a team that were to get him for his next year um, and then if he retired they would actually get like a negative cap hit or a cap savings of 3.4 million so I think that's you know, that would be pretty interesting for a team trades for him, he retires, and not only do they lose his cap hit for the last year, they actually get a $3.4 million of extra cap savings to use. Again, I don't think that would ever happen. He's not going to do that to Chicago, and he's not going to give up the million and a half he would give up if he actually retired, but it's kind of an interesting uh, thing to think about. Yeah, he's only technically getting $3.6 million over the next two seasons in the last two years of his deal. It's interesting what you said about Jerry Johansson. We'll preface this so the listeners are aware. Jerry's camp in Ed Edmonton is taking place this weekend. Kelly Buckberger is out uh, running some of the, the skill stuff on the ice with, you know, in terms of the tempo and the pacing of practice and the skating and that sort of thing. Uh, so Jerry's been pretty busy. I haven't had a chance to talk to Jerry. Uh, I am led to believe that there'd be a lot of openness uh, to a market like Edmonton. And you just hit on something. He's not coming to Johansson for the deal right now. He's coming to Johansson to set up the next deal. So this is a guy that thinks he can play into his 40s. And, you know, it's, it's kind of fine. I mean, I think of Chris Chelios. He played forever. Uh, we know how good a shape Keith is in. So you're of the belief that the reason he would make the switch is to start putting the wheels in motion for another deal after this one's up. Well, 
You would know Jerry better, but I'm just saying Jerry wouldn't be getting any money from representing Duncan Keith unless he signed endorsements with him over the next two years, new endorsements, right. or he signed a contract after this existing one. Now, maybe he's doing it because it's good for his, you know, reputation and, and you know, word in the industry that he's going to help this guy out. But, you know, in terms of money, he's not going to get paid unless there's new endorsements or, or a new contract after this one, because the agent that signs the deal gets paid on the commission, even if they're, if they switch agents during the course of that contract. All right. So, uh, and, and what's, what's the going rate? Two and a half, three percent. That's what the agency re- re- gets from the player. Is that correct? It's, it's three to four percent. Three to four percent. Conversely, things like uh, endorsement deals, that's a much higher percentage, is it not, for the agency? Yeah, yeah, usually, like, I've heard around 20%, but it would depend on the type of deal and kind of how hard the agent worked to get it. But, yeah, I've heard around 20% or so on endorsement deals. We are joined right now by Hart Levine from Puckpedia. All right, Hart, uh, let's uh, let's get to, by the way, Nugent Hopkins, what did you? Was there anything interesting that sort of crossed your mind when you saw the Oilers consummate that eight-year deal, five point one two five million, with uh, Rick Follette and Octagon? Yeah, there's a few interesting things. I guess the first is the structure, and this is something I've been looking at for a while. So in the past, like you know, before COVID and everything, we never really knew what escrow would be in advance. Um, you know, because it depended on the revenues and what they did, the, the players agreed to that escalator thing. So it was, you couldn't really plan for your contract structure based on escrow. But now we actually know what escrow is going to be pretty much for the next few years. We know that, um, for example, we know that this for this next year, there's a formula, but based on where revenues are looking, it's going to be between 175 to 18.0% escrow. Then we know the year after is fixed at 10%, and then it's fixed at 6% for the three years after that. And then once you get out to year six, that's a potential lockout year. Um, but depending on where that player balance that they owe the owners is, um, that could extend the CBA, and it, it could potentially have an escrow of about 9%. And then after that, we're into new CBA, and you'd have to think escrow kind of goes back up. So we're in this interesting scenario where the most escrow is going to be the next two years, and probably the least escrow for a long time is going to be in years three, four, and five. So I would expect any player that's signing a long-term deal is going to try to get as much money as they can in those middle years. And if you look at Nugent Hopkins' contract, he, he does get the most money in years three, four, or five. It's not the most possible. Like, I could have worked the numbers, and you could you could get him more money into those years compared to others, but it's still definitely more money in those years than other years. And then also when you look the last few years of the deal, um, as we know, when you try to buy out a player with a signing bonus, he still gets a signing bonus, and it impacts the cap hit. So if, you, if a player has a signing bonus in a year you're trying to buy him out, it makes for a much higher cap hit and therefore makes it less likely to buy him out. And he has signing bonuses in the last, not the very last year, but uh, the last couple of years. And also, what's, well, as I just mentioned, what's important about those years is it's a potential lockout. And again, as we've seen, um, if the players have the leverage, they definitely try to get signing bonuses in lockout years because then they're going to get paid that money, at, whereas they may lose the uh, salary or part of their salary if part of the season's locked out. What did you think of the structure? Yeah, what did you, th- yeah, you think of the deal? Yeah, so in terms of the deal, I, I found it interesting. I, I, I certainly think, like most people have said, it's you could see why it was the place to find common ground. Um, but in terms of Nugent Hopkins, like, 
the cap hit certainly sounds like a, a discount, but I don't think he really took that much less money um, than maybe he would have got on the market because, you know, what do you think he's going to get on the market? Six times six maybe, right? Yes. So that's $36 million. So basically he, he, he could look at it as he, he signed a six times six deal, and then he's locked in that the next couple of years he's going to sign two and a half a year for two years, right? And that right. would be in his 30, age 34 and year 35 season. Could he get more than two and a half million a year in those two years? Maybe, but he could also get less, or he could be, who knows, maybe out of the NHL. We don't know for sure. So, you know, if you look at it that way, he, you know, he signed a six times six plus a two and a half times two. I don't know if that's that much of a discount. He's got the security of $41 million for the next eight years, you know, maybe, a, maybe a little bit. Um, so from his perspective, I think it's it's pretty reasonable, but not a huge discount or not even more than a bit of a discount. For the Oilers, though, obviously the term is a, a concern, but I think in terms of the cap hit, again, if he was going to cost, you know, maybe 5.8 to 6 million, now you've, yeah, you've got an extra eight, 900,000 um, that you can spend on a player. Um, I, I certainly see the value in that. And just like all these things, we'll, we'll find out what happens. And it probably just the way that teams go, who knows if it's this management group is even there, you know, in those last couple of years. Uh-huh. Um, um, Interesting, and yeah. so that could be someone else's problem. I, you know, not to say that, but just you look at the NHL and the and the turnover. Like GMs aren't usually there for ten years, so um, we'll have to see. But you would think that a guy that excels on special teams and um, you know is good on his edges is probably going to age a little better than a you know a guy that is banging in the corners. But you know, time will tell. All right. Uh, for the record, what do you think Tyson Berry can get in the open market? I think that in a normal year, he's looking at five or six times six to six and a half. I think there's probably a discount off of that. And he had a great year this year, but they don't forget the year before. So if I had to guess, I would say open market, he's four or five years at five and a half to six and a quarter. Yeah, I don't think he's going to get that high. It'll be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, Hart Levine joining us right now from Puckpedia. All right, Hart, so when we talked Monday night, I wanted to discuss the difference between Tampa Bay and Montreal because these are about as too polarized of a markets from a tax perspective as there is in the National Hockey League. Is that not a fair assessment? Yeah, Montreal is the highest and Tampa is one of the lowest, yeah. So how much of a difference does that make per million on a player? Between the two well, markets. Well, if you just use a million, it actually is a little different because the, a lot of these places have tax rates, um, like tax brackets that go up quite a bit. So let's use like two million because that's kind of where it levels out. So on two million, um, a player in Tampa is paying about 35% tax, and that's 704,000 of taxes. A player in Montreal is paying 52% tax on 1.04 million. So about 300,000 um, more of taxes per on a $2 million deal if you play in Montreal versus Tampa. So that's a lot. Right? That's, a, that's a huge percentage. And if you multiply that over a three, four, five, six-year deal, that, that's a huge amount of extra money. that you're, Six-year you're, six year deal, that's $2 million. Yeah, that you're giving up to the on a, government. On a, yeah. Right. So what about what about Alberta? Like what about Edmonton and Calgary? Where would they – obviously they're not yeah, as so, low as, as Tampa Bay, as, as Florida – Texas, Nevada, where are they at? Yeah, so on a $2 million deal, it's forty-six, just over 46% for the Oilers or Calgary. So in terms of taxes, it's, you'd pay, they'd pay about 925000 versus 700000 in Tampa. So an extra 
you know, 225,000. I should say, though, that um, there are some tax um, techniques that some of these guys use. I know Alan Walsh has tweeted about this before. Some of these American guys, they can set it up so they don't quite pay that much, but that means they can't touch the money, um, a lot of the money while they're playing. Um, So it's kind of a whole complicated thing. But for the sort of average player you want to look at simply, those are the different rates. And there's actually a really uh, useful tool, um, a company called Gavin Hockey Wealth. Um, They have a tool where you just put in a salary, you pick the team, and you can see what the the cap hit, or sorry, what the tax rate is and and the tax cost would be. So that's what I'm using right now to play with these numbers. So it's interesting because I don't, the league does not disclose who contributes to revenue sharing and who doesn't. But at normal times, Montreal's a revenue share every year. They have a 21,000 seat arena. They have a huge deal with their, uh, you know, their French broadcast partner. Their part, that, which is their regional deal. Okay. It's not, it's nowhere near as big for their English partner because everybody in the province of Quebec, it's a province of 8.4 million people. They watch the games. I believe they are currently on RDS. Maybe they switched to TVA. I don't know. Anyhow, the bottom line here is uh, I'm almost certain Montreal's been a significant revenue contributor in revenue sharing for the last several years, and I would hazard a guess that Tampa Bay has not been. So the irony of fans in Montreal uh, having their organization having to kick in, and I'm, I'm not sure that that's happened every year in Tampa over the last decade. Pretty sure Montreal has. The, even with the difference in the Canadian and American dollar. Reminder, everybody gets paid in U.S. dollars. The irony of that, where there's about a $300,000-plus advantage for a player in Tampa Bay versus a player in Montreal per year on a $2 million contract, that sort of thing. Is there a way the league can ever even that up, Art? What do you think? Well, I mean, I would say that the NHL salary cap and rules is kind of always behind where the other leagues are. Like they were, they came in with their cap several years later. And when you kind of look at the evolution of the cap, it, you can kind of look to those other sports as where it might go. And we've never seen anything like that in other sports. Um, the only, you know, the way you could potentially do it is, you know, it, the cap is adjusted based on a tax rate. But I just, I don't see, the, you'd have to get the owner's, and the players, but especially the owners to agree to that. I don't see some of these owners, why would they agree to, to have a lower cap than the other teams? Um, so I, I, I don't, I guess that would be a practical way of doing it. I just don't think it's realistic. The other, I guess the other option is, and this is something that I know there's uh, agents that are big advocates for, is switching to a little bit of a luxury tax system where teams are allowed to exceed the cap. And if they, by a certain amount, and if they do, they have to contribute to a pool. And I guess like how you use that how that money gets distributed back to the owners could sort of be adjusted for taxes, but it all is complicated. And what we've seen from the the CBAs, they pretty much just always take the last version and make a few adjustments. They don't really start from scratch and and start over or, or really redesign the system. So I think it'd be you know it's good to talk about, but I think it's very unlikely there's really any kind of adjustment for the tax rate in a in a in a city or team um, anytime in you know the next. So year. so the bottom line is a team like Tampa Bay sat there and they're ninety eight million dollar team where their players are making substantially more take home they have every advantage in the world do you think the average fan realizes that across uh, hockey uh, well i think 
shows like yourself and all over um, online and everything, people have certainly been talking about the how much cap hit they've had. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know if most fans know about the tax difference. It certainly, they certainly have an advantage. I, I would say about this whole Tampa ninety-eight million. They had several players there though contributing to the ninety-eight million that didn't play, like uh, right. a Gabrick and Anders Nilsson. So it's yeah. certainly yeah. more than eighty-two, but it's not like they don't have. I think I saw someone calculated the roster in the Cup final was like eighty-seven or eighty-eight million. So certainly more than eighty-one and a half. Right. They don't have a hundred million actually playing right now. Great stuff. Uh, how do people follow you online? Follow on Twitter at Puckpedia and the website puckpedia.com. And we now have a, a quick and easy expansion protection tool. So if you click on expansion, people can fill out the uh, who they want to protect for any team and uh, and see what their selections are. Hart, really appreciate you having us on. You do a great job of explaining it all for us. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That is Hart Levine from Puckpedia. Bob Stoffer with you at 152. We'll wrap up the show with this day in Oilers history when we return. Hi, this is Jajar Kara from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 153 in Edmonton, uh, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of the 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. To this day in Oilers history for Duez Travel. This September, travel on a private WestJet charter flight to Whistler, B.C. and play four spectacular mountain courses. Details at newwesttravel.com. Uh, Brendan Escott's back at the 630 Chet Studios where he's been in all this week from 5 a.m. until uh, 2, wrapping up this show. What do you got, Brendan? It was this day in 2008, Daryl Cates uh, officially introduced as the new owner of the Edmonton Oilers during a news conference. He did purchase the team uh, from the Edmonton Investors Group for $200 million. Yeah, I, I was there. May have even been mentioned. This day in Oilers history brought to you by Duas Travel. Experience a great golf holiday at Whistler on a private jet to play four spectacular mountain courses. Details at newestravel.com. Tonight is game three of the Stanley Cup final between Tampa and Montreal. Reed Wilkins has the Wilhawk Beef Jerky uh, face-off show beginning at 5.30 with Rob Brown. The puck drop follows at 6 p.m. Uh after the 6.30 Chet News, we'll tell you that we've got Monday's show already booked for air. NHL insider John Shannon will join us. People talk about the expansion draft. We'll hook up with former Edmonton Oilers assistant general manager Rick Olchek. He is now with the Seattle Kraken organization. Get some thoughts from him. And, hey, with Italy up, spoiler alert, 2-1 at the half on Belgium. Sportsnet's Gene Principe, a man that knows hockey and soccer. He will join us on Monday's edition of Oilers Now as well. I'd like to tell all of you, have an awesome weekend. Hey, don't be afraid to rain once in a while. Up next, the global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Angela Cocott uh, from 2 to 3 p.m. And then the 6.30 afternoons, Jayla and I from 3 to 5.30. Reed Wilkins with a face-off show with Rob Brown, 5.30. Puck drop, 6 o'clock, Game 3, Tampa and Montreal. Have a great weekend, everybody.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.